30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard Weddings are strange. As one of our last remaining cultural rituals to still hold on to some semblance of purpose and spectacle, I've got to say I'm a fan. As a wizard, I've officiated a few weddings, and it's always a pleasure to help a couple work through which traditions they want to keep, which they want to discard, and whatever particular weirdness is going to make the ceremony feel like their own. In my official capacity as a wedding wizard, I've told fish stories in front of a barn, helped guests hang ornaments on a ceremonial tree, toasted with Bulgarian liquor, and led a Texas wedding party enchanting true love cast out all evil before everyone shotgunned a Lone Star beer. It was a shotgun wedding after all. And now I'm planning my own wedding to my beautiful poet fiance, who just so happens to regularly write poetry for guests at lavish weddings. Working alongside her, I've seen ceremonies and celebrations that stagger the mind. Long Island castles, Puerto Rican beaches, sprawling countryside hotels, fireworks, mariachi bands, and so much more that would put to shame the annual operating budget of a small public school. Weddings are strange because they flow in two directions. The insidious wedding industrial complex pushes constantly for us to regard the most extreme expensive luxuries as basic essentials necessary for any contemporary matrimony. And then there's the people who have Star Wars themed weddings in their backyard. One force twisting our traditions to maximize profit, the other liberating traditions, a motley crew of wild rebels finding the rituals right for them. Our guest today, Amy Shack Egan, is a true rebel leader. She is the founder and CEO of Modern Rebel, an alternative event planning company in NYC, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., that helps couples rewrite the rules of their weddings by emphasizing authenticity, fun, and the health of their partnership in the planning process. Amy prefers the term love party over the more loaded word wedding and has helped countless couples create their own special celebrations of love, community, and commitment. Since I've done almost no planning for my own wedding so far, I figured Amy would be a great person to talk to about how to throw a love party. All right, Amy, welcome to Ritual Space. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. What's our magic word going to be? Our magic word's going to be sunset. Sunset. <laughs> okay. One, two, three, sunset. sunset. What about sunsets? Sunsets, to me, have proved to be really magical in my life. Um, I've had a lot of incredible things happen around sunsets and it's it's made me want to be a witness to more sunsets and I, I try to show up for the sunset and I, I use that as sort of a metaphor in my life and I also also just truly think they're some of nature's most beautiful moments so I I love them and you and your husband like connected during a sunset or he proposed a sunset no so we 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 kind of met. So we right, you been, knew each other. We knew each other prior, but we re-met at sunset. We ran into one another 
Um, and that that day fundamentally changed the rest of my life. Yeah. If I hadn't run into him, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the person I am today, right. and I also wouldn't be with him because I don't know how we would have connected otherwise. And then we ran away together and planned a secret engagement trip, and actually we we didn't have a proposal of sorts. We actually just wrote letters to one another and sat on the edge of the Grand Canyon at sunset. At sunset. And um, and decided to spend the rest of our... I mean, we had you know, talked about that choice, but consciously decided to spend the rest of our lives together at sunset at the Grand Canyon, put on... Both put on engagement rings at sunset, so... And, yeah. What a lovely little solar love ritual. Exactly. And then we ended up planning our sort of event timeline when mm-hmm. we got married, and we realized that sort of our ceremony fell just exactly... At sunset, and we hadn't even really thought about it. I think you, you touched on a couple of my favorite things here, which is one, the way that small coincidences and random chance can take our life in a totally different direction. Absolutely. There's the paper or plastic choices, and some of those just really <laughs> don't matter. Like, some of them do, you know. The paper bag falls apart, the plastic bag holds together, and then you're like, goes in two different directions. But a lot of them, I think, kind of just get mm-hmm. washed out. But then there's those ones where it's like, if you hadn't met that person at right. sunset on that day, you would not be you right now. You would be somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in that concept, and mm-hmm. it, it's really driven us to have a marriage-like motto. Mm-hmm. And we've sort of adapted um, no missed sunsets as our, Ooh, as our marriage motto. Yeah. Show up for life's beauty. Let it surprise you. Let, you know, let things... I love that. It's like the idea of like plucking that random moment and then turning it into an intentional one, like polishing that stone and, until you can make it something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you are someone who thinks a lot about love and ritual, mm-hmm. and I'd love to get the backstory on how you came to do what you do. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think like a lot of young New Yorkers, um, I was cobbling together a life for myself. Um, I had moved to New York, had work, was working for a startup. It was a very, very new startup. I was part-time, so I, I got a lot of different jobs. And um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Very driven, but had no direction. <laughs> Which is like a really... Speeding around in exactly. circles, doing donuts, I think. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, she's really fast. But like, where is she going? Um, <laughs> but I had a friend that actually got engaged, and she was... I could tell she was really struggling to just like get organized and plan this event. And um, so I, I offered to help her. And we were at City Bakery in Manhattan. And she, and she looked at me, and she said, you could do this for a living. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you could be a wedding planner. And I I, rem- I think my jaw must have hit the floor because I said, what are you talking about? I hate the wedding industry. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. I hate I, I hate wedding, like the whole frilly, fussy culture. and Bridal magazines oh, yeah, and no, I hate it. bride wars. I still, and... But the funny thing is I still despise it. But... That that really makes you strong. That hate, yeah, it fuels (laughs) my fire. Um, So that was how it started, and that that planted the seed. But I really, I didn't. I mean, I initially it was a no, and then I, I think it just sort of. I think like many accidental kind of entrepreneurs, it just nagged at me, and I just thought, well, why does every all my friends hate the wedding industry? And why doesn't the wedding industry, why isn't it caught up with the, you know, women are maybe the most empowered we've ever been, but yet this industry is just so outdated. And so I had this idea 
um, that every time someone got married, someone could get out of an awful abusive relationship. What if it was sort of like a? <laughs> that was like I know it sounds really no radical I love that. and almost it's like some like, weird sort of lottery thing. Yeah, it was it was a reach, but um, yeah. you two are a cute couple. You should get married because we're trying to get out of this. We hate each other. Right. <laughs> Let's all um, make a deal. Yeah, it like started from that, but I was like, you know what? Maybe we can. I was like, you know what? Let me go to a nonprofit and see if like they can give me sort of insight into how this could work. And I, I cold called the Center Against Domestic Violence. And I said, I have this crazy idea yeah. that someone could get out of an abusive relationship. How can we, how can this work? And I thought that they would be like, mm, this isn't possible. This is too tricky. And they were really positive about the idea. I came in, we started a relationship. And the first year I did three events. I was working a bunch of other jobs still. Mm-hmm. And um, we gave back 5% to the CADV, the Center Against Domestic Violence, which is now absorbed into a larger organization, URI, but um, the next year I did six, and then I did 30, and then this year uh, we will do 65. Wow. Across the country. Events. And so when did this become Modern Rebel? So it started as a modern vow, um, and I, I mean, really the initial idea was how can we just make the wedding industry a little bit better? That was really slightly it. better. Just slightly better. Like yeah. make me feel a little bit better about spending money on a wedding. I decided to call it something different because I thought the wedding wedding term had so much baggage. Mm-hmm. So I just said, it's just, you know, what is it at its core? It's a party celebrating love. Let's just call it a love party on the website and on the, you know, everything on all of our sort of I love love. Marketing. I love parties. I'm one hundred percent on board. Thank you. Yeah, it really attracted people and I think people wanted an alternative to the wedding industry that they were seeing everywhere and so it it took off really quickly but it was initially called a modern vow and the really interesting thing is that we had someone reach out to us within that and I say us now all the time because I'm really lucky to work with incredible people but at the time it was just me I have to like go back to that place in my head where it really was when it was just you would you still say us because when I was just I think so yeah when I started my business I would always refer to it on my website as like we and I like yeah I think that's what like all those business like books say right like um yeah I was probably like nannying like 30 hours a week and and working like all these you know events and I never wanted anyone to know that I had like other jobs you know it was like like, let me talk to my staff yeah let me get get back back to you yeah exactly um yeah (laughs) yeah so it it was just me and I got an outreach from somebody an inquiry and they were getting married on um I kind of researched their venue and they were getting married on a plantation and I realized, I'm like, oh, my God, I, wow, I don't feel comfortable, like, doing a wedding, a love party on a plantation, like, a, a white person, like, getting married. It just felt weird to me. There's a lot of weirdness there, There's yeah. There's a lot of weirdness there. And it was, like, can't, isn't there, like, an Indian burial ground you guys could get married <laughs> on instead? Right, can't you just, like, yeah, appropriate someone else's culture yeah. or do something else that's just as offensive? No, I mean, that was a moment, though, when I thought, I'm really not going for it with this branding. It's not. I'm my integrity... I need to go for it in the way that's really calling this industry out. And so that's when I made a couple of fundamental shifts and our everything from our Instagram to all marketing materials, changed the name to Modern Rebel. And I just went for it because you don't hire Modern Rebel for your wedding right. if you're not kind of cool messing with the system a little bit. It's a filter. You're trying to find the people that resonate with you and your idea and you need to get rid of the people that are going to want you to do their old-fashioned 
tone deaf plantation wedding exactly. and they're going to be nightmare clients and you're not going to have fun. I realized that being narrow about branding, I was always like, ugh, branding is so stupid. And I realized that branding is a really powerful tool to actually just get your message across in a much more streamlined and narrow way so you're not wasting your time. And it, it's attracted, it's brought more of the right people towards us to be able to give back to more nonprofits. We have more nonprofit partners and we've been able to build a business around the people and what they've been able to bring to the table. And I wouldn't have attracted those people had I not been going for it with it's, the branding. It's like an ideological fashion. Like if you go out dressed one way, different people are going to talk to exactly. you. And you can dress a certain way to say, buzz off this half of the room. I don't want anything right. to do they're with like, you. Right. They're like, oh, that person's dressed and, weird. I'm not going to talk to them. It's like, I don't want to talk to you either. And be like, hey, I really like that pin on your bag. And you're like, great. That's why I wore it. Let's exactly. chat. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, it opens kind of a window for people. So when um, so when people find you, what is it that you what how do you bring them into the love party? How do you what is the process for helping them find the story of their love and celebrating it? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it, everybody. The great thing about what I do is that every relationship looks different. And the sad thing about the wedding industry is that it has basically presented. Um, I want to, I don't want to say marriage, but maybe I just want to say the wedding itself is basically reflective of one kind of couple. And yet the beautiful thing about love and relationship and people that have obviously been in relationships to understand it is that they're all unique, right? And, totally. and especially if you've been in love with more than one person, you can actually point to this was really beautiful and unique for this reason. And this is really beautiful and unique for that reason. So we want to draw that out, especially when we're work is, working with a couple from start to finish. So we do that in a variety of ways. Um, one of the ways that we take right off the bat is we, we say we take a no assumptions um, approach to the planning process. And what that means is we don't assume everything from a pronoun mm. to whether you want to be called bride or groom. That doesn't feel good for everybody. Even people that identify maybe as like a straight woman, mm -hmm. they might not even dig the bride term um, to what traditions you want to keep, which ones you want to nix. Um, from our design process, we get a, we take a lot of time to get to know people, not just as a couple, but as individuals. And we involve both individuals in the process pretty deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That idea of like starting from no assumptions, because I feel oh, like yeah. the, the, the more default is, okay, well, what are the families going to want to pressure people into doing? And what is the culture telling them to do? And what were they, the bridesmaid at somebody else's wedding and they're competing with that in their head. Yeah. And they're trying to sort through all of these things that are encroaching rather than clearing the slate and figuring out who are we? Right. Like, What's we, your intention with yeah, this? What do we love? What do we like to do? Even? And like, one, I mean, one of the coolest things about what we do, and I think it's really informing how we're looking at the future is we really prioritize the health of the relationship in the process. Mm -hmm. If your relationship's health is suffering in this process, then we need to dial back and figure out why that is and make this better. And maybe that decision is, we can throw it out. Maybe it's not yeah. that important if it's if it's affecting the health of your relationship. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed, supposed, supposed to be to celebrating be your love with someone. What is the point of it if you're gonna be at each other's throats to then present to the public, we're so in love. You should be, yeah, you should get to the sort of finish line of this event planning process and feel better about your relationship, not worse. Yeah. And should have an advocate in that process who actually understands that and is rooting for you not just your event but your actual relationship so what does that yeah so what does that look like in practice how do you continue to um, keep the health we, healthy and vibrant yeah kombucha <laughs> oh my god i hate kombucha and john my partner loves it so it's really funny that you said that because he makes it at home and he's like 
continually try to get me to like love it as much as he does and I just I'm not there um <laughs> so not kombucha for me um we're continually trying to adopt uh adapt adopt adopt practices um that allow our couples to invest more in their relationships in this process so I'll give you an example we have um a perks program right now that we are beta testing is what mm. we're kind of calling it so we um our couples are, and this is really new, so I'm actually telling you, but it's in the next couple of weeks, we'll be letting everybody know. We just kind of finished the first round of tweaking it. We have six partners in this Perks program. So what this Perks program is, is that our couples, from the time they sign on with us, no matter what package level, to a year after their love party, they have access to discounted services mm. in their city. So in New York, we've got everything from financial services to... Um, sex toys at Babeland. We partnered with Babeland and they have a discount to go together as a couple and pick out sex toys together. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to invest in your relationship. And our we don't see our job as just giving everybody a kick-ass event experience. We see our job as we're on the front lines with this couple navigating the waters of initial relationship growth. You've decided to spend the rest of time together and that looks different for everybody. And again, we don't assume that it will look the same. But within that process, you're going to run up against inevitable life challenges. So if we can do our best to even set you up for success at the beginning of that process while you're navigating stressful wedding planning mm-hmm. life, um, why would we not do that? So that was an intentional decision. That's a really beautiful thing because I think our society has lost a lot of the traditional means of passing on life skill information. Yeah, We barely teach home ec or anything close to life skills in high school and then if you're not getting them from family you're literally like googling exactly confusing list to figure it out yeah so at this moment when you're going through a rite of passage connecting people with ways to um explore their sexuality further or understand the crazy and intimidating landscape of finance and shared finance yes like what an awesome way to help people get set up for success rather than just being like cool we knew we loved each other. We got so mad at each other during this horrible, horrible process. <laughs> right. And now we're starting our relationship, uh, $70,000 in debt with no understanding of how money works. Exactly. When are we going to have sex now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, this process should be fun. You should feel comfortable with, in, with your planner having real conversations too about how you're doing as a couple. We start every single conversation and we check in with our full planning couples every single month mm-hmm. with a check-in pers- on a personal level. Yeah. So... And that's individual. I don't check in as a couple and go, hey, how are you doing as a couple? I just check in individually. And teeth, then we we're t- fine. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, like, and you know what? Sometimes it's, hey, Amy, we're struggling this month. Yeah. You know, my pipe just burst in my house or my what or my grandpa- grandparent is is sick and we're going home for this, you know, big surgery or whatever it is. I'm privy to those things so that I can make their planning process also better. Right. I'm not gonna throw them a to-do list of things they gotta do or an invoice they gotta, you know, pay mm-hmm. while they're in, you know the Midwest with their family. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm remembering that they're people. What a nice holistic approach. Cause I think that's one of the things that we lose all the time is we see the Instagram destination wedding and you don't see all of the tumult and stress and working people serving hors d'oeuvres that go to make that together. Oh, yeah. You just see this frozen snapshot, which is very yeah. uh, limiting. And so instead to provide someone with this 360 access to creating the experience. Um, what does that lead you to? What are some of the different ways that weddings, or not weddings, I'm sorry, love parties. Look at you, good, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's <I don't> fine. <laughs> uh, 
that love parties have come together that are particularly memorable? Oh, I mean, any time that I'm really getting the personality kind of oozing from the event mm. is is memorable to me. And there's, I mean, there's so many moments. I mean, I've done this for such a short amount of time. I've only been doing this for four and a half years, and I've done over... How long have been a wizard for? Oh, my God. Are we, like, we should, like yeah. look at our anniversary dates of starting? Oh, I don't yeah. even remember, though, because mine was kind of, like, a tumbleweed. Just kept oh, you didn't, you didn't light candles and have lightning strike <laughs> is, that what, is that what you did yeah. oh man yeah. I wish that I'd done that that's um, what I mean that's you know with the same idea with the love party it's like one of those reasons I that you do a ritual a, is that you have clear right. anniversaries and you say I know oh, you know that's beautiful this is we made a promise to go in this direction and you set that intention as opposed to the nebulous like you know we all know those couples especially right. in New York where they've been dating obviously for over two years and they're like Oh, we don't know if we're boyfriend girlfriend yet. We haven't, right. like, we haven't talked about I it. Know. It's not that they have nebulous terms. They've just not even discussed it. That's funny, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for four and a half years, and I've worked with almost 100 couples. And wow. that's just me. And now we have a team of, you know, eight people who are working with more couples. And so we've been able to connect with an entire you know, almost, I call them sort of like a love army in a way, yeah. like that just are, are fiercely just advocating for truly like the individuality within their own partnership. The modern rebel love warrior army. There we go. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of amazing moments, everything from um, really cool moments in terms of just like decisions they made for the event. So mm. really cool moments of like, um, we did a space disco cowboy love party uh in march it's like and that it was, steve miller song <laughs> it was so cool it was so cool there was they had a rocket launch at the end of it it was oh, like it was cool. a pump rocket it was so yeah. silly but it was amazing there was a ground control and they you know they 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 likened the relationship moment in time of like a a launch of you know yeah. a, a journey for this couple and i i you know i've seen so many ceremonies the ceremonies get me. When people yeah. infuse their own personality into that ceremony, there's a difference there. Mm -hmm. You can really feel it. And I think as a community, if you're a guest at a love party, you're you are being welcomed in to basically supporting this couple through the inevitable ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we look at it that way. And when I feel that, that's powerful to me. Yeah. That that's it's a collective thing. It's not just about the two individuals, but it's about Absolutely, those two yeah. sides of the aisle coming together and saying we are the larger support organism that you guys are going to exist within. Right, and and seeing even more creativity around that. Like I've seen no aisle. I've seen yeah. the couple enter together on the side. We don't. We really don't want an aisle. Maybe we right. want it to be completely circular, or we want. Um, you know, if we're going to walk, if there is an aisle, I had a couple um, who had parents that had both, you know, on both sets passed away. And they initially were going to walk down alone, like each of them before. And right before the ceremony, it was this terrible rainstorm. And we were actually outside undercover, but it was like, it was tumultuous a right. little bit with the weather. And they looked at me and they said, we've decided we're going to walk down together today because this just feels very symbolic. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, absolutely. And isn't that what relationship and partnership is all about is improvising together to sort of make a better decision in the moment about your next course of action. It's like that to me was like an incredible example yeah. of a beautiful partnership. And to be able to facilitate that, I think is the thing. Cause I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of 
lionizing the past and the way that different rituals happen in other yeah. cultures. And I think we lose sight of the fact of how restricted those are. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, you're going to do it this way. It's yeah. like, someone, your, your family's going to marry you to somebody else, and they're going to have this celebration the way that it is had. There's not mm-hmm. any room for individual expression in that. It's about right. doing the thing. And I think it's like what you do is you're able to give that container where they're thinking about it in different ways, and then you're able to help facilitate that freedom so it's not total anarchy if we have no plans right. it's just a mess but adapting to the moment and adapting to what that couple that unit is figuring out I think that one of the most powerful things that I, I end up saying a lot is um, innovation over etiquette mm, I, I like that especially when you think about ritual I mean etiquette it holds people back a lot because they feel that they need to adhere to a certain standard or a certain expectation that in the modern landscape, maybe it doesn't even make sense anymore. And I think, you know, especially for LGBTQ couples, there's not even a model, you know? And so it's actually, it's amazing because they get to enter into it. In some ways it can be, I know, stressful at times, but I think it's amazing to be able to enter into a space where there are no rules and create what the rules are for you and what makes sense for you. It's been really cool to watch. That. I mean, gay marriage in this country is 15 years old. I mean, from not not full legalization, right. but from when it first started to be a thing with Massachusetts legalizing it. Right, and that's and, and it's like that's like the longest it's been. That's like, the longest. Like, yeah. What is it like four? It's like not that long. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so new. So I think that's it's a great opportunity. That's one of the things that I've heard um, queer culture talk about is the, the the push and pull between. Do we want acceptance and do we want to go fit into the mainstream society and go have monogamous relationships okay. with the white picket fence? Or do we want to bring what was valuable about the gay underground with us? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have throuples and do different things mm-hmm. and it's not going to try and fit into the norm. That's that's not what we were after. I'm so excited about the ways in which people are innovating the marriage space. And I think yeah. that's my next you know, I feel like we're tackling a little, a little bit of that in the, you know, the love party landscape. But that's my next. My sights are on sort of how can we, you know, fuck with the system in the marriage. Marriage as a whole. Oh, yeah. tell me more. I'd love to hear what you thought. I just, thoughts are. I think that our generation and the generations to follow. I mean, there's a couple of things that are vastly different about the ways in which they're approaching marriage because studies have shown that people are still getting married. They're just, they're just getting married later. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a huge drop-off in a marriage rate. People are still getting married, but they're getting married from a place of choice rather than achievement and status, mm-hmm. which is what I'm seeing happen, especially with some of my friends. And another thing that's really different is that they're not getting married from a place of religion. Mm-hmm. I, I'm especially in metropolitan areas, um, a lot of people that grew up religious religious are not religious anymore. And I mean, just working with couples, I say that I'm on the front lines with them. I mean, I, I'm really lucky to be able to understand how they're looking at it differently and approaching it differently than, say, their parents or grandparents did. And I think when you approach something from a place of real choice, it allows you to have real freedom to make something your own and make it better. And I think I can only speak from my own personal experience, but as a woman... I think marriage, if you look at the history books, has not been kind to women historically. No, you guys were traded <laughs> like Pokemon we, cards. Why would we enter into this? <laughs> and so I'm really excited. I think that I, I, I'm, I'm thinking like because I chose love party over wedding, then I'm going to just throw out marriage and just start saying partnership because I also don't believe that you have to have a ring to legitimize a relationship. But if we look at 
partnership. I think it's truly, it's like an underutilized re- like resource to like honestly create active change politically, mm-hmm. like socially. I think it's an incredible agent of change within our society to make the world a better place within the context of your relationship. The power that modern marriage and partnership is going to have, I think it's going to be much more than our parents' generation. I think people are coming at it harnessing some energy that wasn't there before. Well, I think we're realizing that there's a limit to individualism, that the the, the boomer generation was very mm. steeped in that as the counterculture, and we're all going to do yeah. our own thing and tell everyone to do their own thing, and we dissolved a lot of those bonds of traditional community, family, religious right. structure, and that means that you have friends that move across the country, and you end up not having mm-hmm. as strong of relationships because it's not like, oh, we all grew up right. in this one thing and we're all bound to each other and I think we're starting to figure out how do we keep that freedom and not make it oppressive but how do we create structure that allows us to be responsible to one another mm-hmm. I guess that idea of, of, of marriage as mutual aid and how right. do you yeah because if you don't owe that other person anything then then like then, then what's at stake you have no skin in the game if it's you know that's one of the things that like marriage it seems to do is like it's like we're gonna make it complicated for us to leave right we're gonna add. Right. I'm you're locked in now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a real freedom that comes along with the choice. And I also think for my own life, I, I saw so many couples going through this and seeing the incredible incredible ways that it has impacted their life. Mm. True, genuine partnership is a game changer. And I've seen that. And then when John came into my life to speak from my own experience, it was a game changer for me. I never yeah. felt that way about somebody, and I never been supported in the way where it was a support without taking yeah. more away. Mm-hmm. And I've actually felt like my partnership has elevated my own individual success because of his support. And I think that that's an incredible like gift that mm-hmm. can be given. And I don't think it's been given that way if you look at the history of marriage. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And I mean, I think, it, I think that it's exactly right. It's that idea of, giving everything mm-hmm. and then you have this abundance whereas when you try and take everything mm-hmm. you, you end up with nothing i'm excited so I, I that's where my head is it's spinning with how can we invest in the modern partnership and so we're trying to find ideas now what do you think about anniversaries Ooh, i think they're i mean i think that they're beautiful markers of time for people and i i mean i think i look at i look at like relationships that have you know been around for years and years and years and I think that yes it's important to acknowledge the sort of maybe annual like we got married on this day but I also think it's important to just mark time in other ways sure because time to me is so like that's where I get I'm not very like I don't know what the word is right spiritual maybe I'm not extremely spiritual I'm not extremely like I've never had, like, my tarot... I've never had tarot cards read. Like, I'm, like, a weird, like, spiritual virgin in that way. I've never seen a psychic. I've only ever talked to... I'm trying to think of, like, anything I've done in that way. Spoiler alert, you're talking to a wizard I know right I'm talking now. to a wizard right now, so I feel like I'm getting more street credibility right now. But I'm, I felt <laughs> like I... Wizards with a lot of street cred. That's I pretty much to, all like, we have. But I had to, like, show my cards to you a little bit because I don't feel like I'm a... a I don't even know what the word is, but I don't feel like I'm very spiritual in that way. And I don't do a lot of introspective Mm -hmm. sort of thinking. 
But I do feel like time weirds me out. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like time is screwing with us all. Like, the way that we have, like, our calendar system Mm -hmm. and the way that we have, like, decided to mark time. I mean, don't you feel like there are times in your life you're like, it's going so quickly. And then you're like, it's going so slowly. And I just feel like the way that we measure things is not entirely accurate and for a relationship there are seasons of real change there are Mm. seasons of real growth and to just say we just went through a year together could feel like 10 years and i think there's you know there's ways that i feel like we should in our relationships find ways to really like celebrate the seasons and and maybe it's more than just you know yeah we've been married two years but man we threw what we went through that hellish time well, How can we celebrate? In, in my own life, you know, when I when I met my partner Lisa Ann, and we found yeah. true partnership. It was a very incredible experience. We had this great right. meet cute and all of that. And then my life transformed almost instantly, and continued to like yeah. have snowballing transformations. And so where I was at the end of that first year, I was living with her. We're madly in love. Our whole uh-huh. lives had transformed. It was something totally different. And I proposed on our one-year anniversary right. because I was like, okay, I, I like anniversaries and I like the idea of, mm. you know, having our date anniversary and, like, proposal like, anniversary. You know, we can all bundle them up. Um, but also there's this idea that I, I had to question with myself of uh-huh. who is the they that disapproves? There's a voice that comes up oh, of like, yeah. oh, well, is this too fast? And I'm oh, like, who's, yeah. who's judging this? Like, are my friends? Is my family? No. Mm-hmm. It's like this imaginary construct oh, of, yeah. of society. And I'm like, no, I can decide what a year means to me and what a year is going to mean against the rest of my life. And it's, it's, it's an interesting process to think about time in those ways. Oh, the ways in which I think about the next 10 years of my life are so entirely different mm-hmm. than when I, how I thought about them before I met John. Yeah. And I even have my friends who are like, oh, when do you think about doing this in your life? And I'm like comfortable just sharing it and taking... A, before, I was like, I had kind of the timeline around when I was going to do all these things. And now I'm like, throw it out. Throw it out. There's been a game changer. Playing on, there's a game changing card on the table here. You have to adjust. You know what I mean? Which is the whole point of you know any game is to adjust to the circumstances. It would be really boring to be like, oh, this game went exactly, <laughs> exactly. as planned. Like, exactly. I pity the poor people that have right. hit everything on their, you know, they're like, right. and then I will have a baby at this age. And then do this thing. And then do this thing. Oh. It's totally. Like, it's like the unpredictability is really the, 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 the butter of, of life. And and the more you build that Jenga tower, oh man, that unpredictability is like a golden retriever <laughs> oh, running so into true. the room. <laughs> it is going to smash your shit. It's completely, yeah, yeah. I, I love that Jenga metaphor. So I have a crazy idea that I've thought about for years that I'd love to throw your way and just throw get it. Your, your thoughts on it. Okay. I've thought about what if marriage is had expiration dates. Mm. The same way that when you get your license renewed, unless mm-hmm. you're in Arizona, it like has an expiration date. Yeah. And so then there's the the love party, party, the wedding yeah. ceremony, but then there's another ritualized thing when you approach that anniversary where you go do some similar like counseling mm-hmm. and figuring it out. And then the two of you go off into the woods for the weekend and then you come back and everyone, all your you know friends and family have gathered yeah. and then you make the announcement we're staying together. We're, we're staying. We're, so like every year. Not every year, but okay, like every five years. Your, your years family's like, God. It's not, you don't have to do a big thing all the time. Whatever the, oh. the limit is. But then oh. if you say, you know what? 
we've grown apart and this is not working and we're you there's a, a way Absolutely. to have an amicable split but then there's also a way to celebrate and keep re-upping and everyone's like oh that couple's great i can't wait to go to their you know that expiration party because okay. we know everyone knows that they're going to stick with it and we're all very excited <laughs> well, they're going to think of a different name though because expiration makes you assume that they're choosing yeah, to yeah, separate yeah. but i do think renewal that- yeah, well, renewal there are ceremonies. vow renewals, but I think before then you, you just anticipate that, of course, the answer will be yes, they're staying together. There's not, like you're saying, there's kind of a, <laughs> not a, a coin toss, but you're going separately to figure out how you're going to end up. But a way to pause like, and reflect, because I think there's people I think that, lovely, you know, yeah. they grow apart for so long, and they're not able to, like, get back at the table and figure out, like, wait, have we gone astray? How do we get back on track? Is it worth getting back on track, or have we grown apart? And figuring out how to support that and make it less traumatic and more... I love that idea. I mean, I love that idea as a ritual. I also, though, just love it from a practical standpoint. I don't think that there are enough opportunities for couples to invest back in, Mm. even beforehand. I mean, you look at the way that we've had this kind of, um, I don't know, resurgence of, like, taking care of ourselves. And I don't even know if that's a resurgence. I don't even know if that was there before. But the ways in which therapy is so tied to wellness and personal wellness, and there isn't that stigma around it, mm-hmm. we still have such a stigma around premarital counseling and counseling for couples. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is shocking considering how much we want to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And how there's not, like, I'm not saying to my friend, if they're going to therapy, are you okay? Yeah. You know, used to. I think people used to feel that way. But now we're like, no, you're just taking, you're just doing the, the work of getting to know yourself. That's great. Yeah. When we think about hearing about a couple go to counseling, it's so traumatic, right? Yeah. Like, what happened? Right. You guys going to break up? Yeah. <laughs> Instead you took, of... You took your car to the shop? Yeah. Is your car fucked? It's like, Are you going to sell your car? You're getting rid of your car? Huh? Exactly. I heard you took it to the shop. Wow, it must be really bad. Right. Did you... Yeah, you want to get a new car? Yeah. yeah. An oil change. Oh, shit. What's wrong? It's like, <laughs> of course, you look at a, the, the relationship life, whether it's a short relationship or long relationship, there's inevitable ups and downs. We should invite, you know, you know support and yeah. counseling back in. I think... It's a good idea to have some sort of ritual around it and not villainize people when it comes to divorce, which yeah. is definitely still such a huge part of our culture. Oh, yeah. It's the other, the other part of marriage. And with the percentage rate, I think that's the interesting. When you, when you hit your 30s and you go into that sprint of like weddings all the and, time and just... And 30s, sometimes there's people getting divorced already. Well, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so... I, I've seen my friends start getting married, but I, I know right. that there's some looming new thing where it's like, oh, those weddings that I went to, I getting know. the news that that's not worked out and someone's had a different way, which right. you hear in a very different way. I guess some people throw divorce parties, but that, that doesn't yeah. feel like the same kind of intent of like, we shared our time together. I mean, I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a beautiful idea to, I think there's some really cool people doing, approaching divorce in a much more nuanced way rather than it, looking at it like a failure. Right. Um, but I do think that we just, we need to do a better job as a culture supporting and nurturing relationship and allowing for seasons of change and allowing for seasons of, um, like, how do we, how do we grow together? That's like one of the hardest right. questions. And of course... People are going to always, there's going to be divorce, I think, in our culture. There's going to be breakups. So there's going to be, and not villainizing people and not making people feel bad about that is so important. I mean, I know people that have been together 50 years and it's kind of like, should they stay together? You know what I mean? Is that really like your marker of achievement just because you've stuck it out? Like Mm -hmm. that was the way to do it. Um, But I think with 
people getting married later and the ways that they're approaching the relationship at the beginning, I think it's really exciting to say, you know, you're getting on this plane, right? The marriage plane. Mm -hmm. You're jumping on, you're getting on the plane, you're walking on it, and the, the pilot says to you, hey, just so you know, about 50, 50, you know, 50, 50 of these guys, guys go down. Yeah. You know, about 50% of these planes just go down, you know, and you're like, you're walking on, you're like, well, aren't, don't you want to check the safety features? Don't yeah. you want to, like, do some, like, well, can we make sure that, like, this is not one of those? Right. That's essentially your emotional health within a relationship. You're... You're 50-50 given the marriage, or sorry, given the divorce rate. Yeah. Yet we don't do the work within our communities and within our own relationships supporting the health and, and nourishment of those relationships. I mean, even in a social context, it's very, if you have a friend that are in a, a relationship that's going, not going well, it's very hard to reach out and be like, we've noticed, how can we support you? Exactly. You guys uh, fought at our barbecue. It's very <laughs> awkward. <laughs> we please would, don't do yeah, that. Please don't do that. Everybody That's, left. Like, it's <laughs> it's like, kind of a dud of a party. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, even when it's not that extreme, it's like, how do you, because often it's like, it's very private. You have no idea. Exactly. It, it's this, it's, it's so know, much shame. So much shame. Yeah. The couple that you're like. I had, you know, you're either terrible in public and then you talk to them and they're like, oh, but we're so good. No, we're great. No, that was just a one thing. It's like, like a one time thing. Or the opposite where you're like, I thought you guys were so good. It's like, no. Exactly. I've been sleeping on the couch for a year and a half. There's so much shame. There's like so little conversation within communities. And so we build this ritual of a wedding, of a love party, bringing everybody together to invite them in to say, let's, can you be supportive of this relationship? Yeah. We've been doing community vows at a lot of our love parties. It's sort of something we've seen ripple out. Ooh, I like that. And we ask the you know different people in the in the shared space of the guests to actually read off a vow, and then every the whole community takes a vow, and yeah. you know take seven, ten vows, and they're invited more into that conversation of how do we help with the health of this relationship. Right. That happens within the ritual context. How do we create opportunities for that to happen within the marriage journey? Yeah. Because it should not be looked at as a bad thing to go through challenge. That's life in any area. You shouldn't be villainized for having challenge in your relationship. And we should be building a support network yeah. for people so that they're not like, I can't share this with someone. I don't know what to do. I feel alone. Right, like if the efficient used to be your religious leader who you had an ongoing relationship with, then that, that served that function. Exactly. But if you've picked a rabbi out of the phone book because it's important to your family member, that person doesn't know anything. And if you don't explicitly empower your friend where you're like, Dave, you're doing our wedding, you are our officiant, right. we love you, you now with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going to need to be on the on the phone with us if, if, right. you know, if we need you. Like... I think, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's, this is where I'm at. Like, I think that there's a lot that we've got to be figuring out as a, as a community and a culture to make this landscape. It's an exciting time. I think there was a period of, of uh, there's going to continue to be this breakup of norms more oh, and yeah. more extreme as, as things get weird this century. Things are going to get, get big yeah. weird. If, you're, if a wizard's yeah. telling me that, I really trust oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The roaring 20s, yeah. big weird energy. Okay, um, here we go. But that creates a lot of possibility to transform mm -hmm. things, and it's so wonderful. So um, we're going to do, we're going to talk about a spell in a moment. But before we get to the spell, I was just wondering if you had some top tips, just yeah. some like top tips that you could fire off for anyone that's listening to this and trying to plan their own love party. Top tips. Um, one, figure out um, what your 
top priorities are individually. So within your relationship, what's the most important when you look at this event? And then also when you think about the health of your relationship, what's the most important? So when you're thinking about plan, a lot of people that we work with plan their own events and then come to us and we coordinate for them about 60 days out. So a lot, and, and I totally understand that decision. Financially, it makes a lot of sense for people. So if you're doing that, then when you're building out that planning timeline for yourself, don't just factor in the to-dos for the event. Factor in date nights. Factor in nights off from mm-hmm. talking about this event. Yeah. Inevitably, planning any event is stressful. It's just the nature of event planning. There's stresses. There's things that come up. There's opinions that come at, come into that sort of fold. That you need to be able to step outside of that to give yourself space and give your relationship space from that. So that's one of my top tips. The second thing is hire people that understand you as people and not just consumers and not just um, objects within this larger wedding industry, industrial The complex. wedding industrial complex, yeah. Right. So hire people that you can be yourself with and that understand you and are rooting for your relationship. I just think that's so incredibly important. Um, you're going to feel that energy on the day. You're going to feel the energy magnified times 10. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that that energy you're feeling is good energy. Yeah. Um, those are two things. You don't want a planner that you think is an asshole and they think you're an asshole. And... Exactly. Yeah. And then I think the third thing is understand that ultimately this is one day in your life. It's incredibly meaningful and important, but you've got a lot of days to go. So remember that ultimately it's really the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's not the end. Yeah. So try to take every decision that you make as not the most important decision. It's a decision yeah. in the larger context of the greater journey. Wonderful. Now let's talk spells. <laughs> this is where I get nervous. I don't know. Oh, good. The nervousness is where the, the most exciting things come from. Okay, here we go. So the idea here is um, people are listening, whether mm-hmm. that is someone a week from today or somebody 20 years from now, and they've gone through the weirdness that we just described as the, the 20s are going to have, and they are listening to these words and we want to give them something that they can do, something small. I always think, what's the least you can do to bring the modern rebel love party energy mm. into their life? Hmm. Is this something that they do like within the like in their home, or do they need to go somewhere? Like open ended. My instinct is to go back to sunset. Yes. <laughs> Let's always lean into the instinct. Okay. See, great. My instinct says go back to sunsets. There's a quietness around a sunset that I find. When John and I reconnected that night, he likes he says that um, it om- the, the sunset that night was so beautiful that it almost warranted an applause. Yeah. There was a feeling and an energy of everybody. We were all sort of quiet witnessing the sunset, and we almost wanted to just start clapping for yeah. it. <laughs> you did a good job. Yeah, good job, sunset. Um, and so I think that that quiet nature... That feeling. So I think I like, putting yourself in front of something beautiful. I like that. And I like the idea of like making it something that's celebrating love generally. Because it doesn't have to be with a romantic partner. No. Because you can celebrate love with yourself. Absolutely. And take care of yourself and take a moment to quiet the harsher voices in your head that are telling you what you're doing wrong. And listen to the ones that are telling you you're fucking great. And if a wizard says it, you know it's true. And uh, love with friends, I think, is really mm-hmm. valuable. Love with family. Love with a dog. Absolutely. I think we can celebrate and, and be celebratory about love all the days, right? Yeah. Not just on the love party day. So maybe yeah. the ritual includes some sort of acknowledgement of 
well, what's what what love is worth celebrating in my life right now? And maybe yeah. that's the love you have for yourself, which is a powerful love force and one of the most important. Yeah. So go someplace nice mm -hmm. where you can see the sunset mm -hmm. with someone you love, which could be you or a group of people or anything at all. We're, we're pretty freaking open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just mm. embrace embrace the sunset and feel Turn the love. Turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. Take some deep breaths. And as the sunset turns to nightfall, I don't know. Just I, I don't. I guess my my instinct is just to. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. Beautiful. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. <laughs> if you're interested in having Amy and her team help you plan your love party, you can find more at modernrebelco.com. And for more of this podcast as a ritual's magical mission, you can visit patreon.com slash this podcast as a ritual where a sacrifice of $4.20 will unite us in magical matrimony, helping us create a slightly better future, one podcast at a time. And speaking of ceremonies, our next episode is going to be a 69 ceremony, celebrating the fact that we have crossed the 69 threshold on Patreon and are going to open a new gateway to a slightly better version of this podcast. Until then, I'm your wizard, Devin Person, saying, keep it weird out there, you crazy lovebirds. <laughs> <laughs>